Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Live from Newfoundland, Canada, and it's a new format for us to be online here. Um, We were in a TV studio, but with everything going on with COVID, there are many, many not positive things, but in some ways, this has been a positive change for us to be able to reach the world through the um, online opportunity provided via Facebook and happy to do that. So let me know where you're watching from because you could be watching from anywhere in the world. This is a show, um, Let's Get Writing, and it started as a project um, to share writing inspiration with people um, who may be thinking of writing anything, play, a song, a movie, a book. And um, I've been interviewing many, many authors over the past few years and writers and Tonight, we are going to have an amazing guest, and he comes all the way from Lewisport, Newfoundland, Canada. And if you've been watching his Facebook page, you will know what an amazing songwriter he is. His name is Terry Penny, and I'm just going to bring him right up now to join me, and uh, the world can watch. <laughs> okay, we get your name up there. There we go. I have to be my own uh, tech as well, Terry. You know all about that. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So you've got a great set behind you there, Terry. Um, is that your studio? That's kind of this is kind of my uh, my music room, I guess you would say, my my man cave. Your and, man uh, cave. Yeah, some people call it that. It's, I just kind of like an old soda shop. I got it kind of decorated, like the fifties. Yeah. That must be an era that you like, obviously. Yeah, I've always been uh, always been uh, a big fan of the '50s and music and styles and stuff. So it, this kind of reflects my uh, my taste. Excellent. It really looks it really looks very nice. Maybe sometime I can actually go there in person when we get through everything we're going through right now, yeah. and we'll Enjoy. do a show. Maybe we'll do a show right from your studio. There's an idea. <laughs> you said yes, so I'm going to hold you to. <laughs> Well, Terry, um, what we do talk about on this show is the creative process of writing in in any genre. In your case, obviously, it's songs, because I have been checking out your YouTube channel, and you've been putting up a lot of your music, and it's it's been amazing. So I want to delve into the process of how you go about writing these songs and, you know, what inspires you. But first of all, I mean, how long have you been doing this? You have so much music. Oh, I, I guess I, I started putting out records in 1998, and uh, but I mean I was playing for 20 years before that, and, and writing songs as well. But uh, so I've been writing songs since about the late 80s, probably, you know, but uh, not really recording them until about 20 years ago, 22 years ago. So it's well, been it's been, con- it's been a while. It's a considerable period of time for sure. So you started out, were you doing a cover material at all at first when you started out, or was it right out of the gate with your own material? 
No, I played for years playing cover songs in bands and stuff. You know, it was kind of a rock and rock and roll back then. You know, and uh, uh, started writing songs, started kind of mixing in some of my uh, own original music, uh, probably in the early '90s in the band that I was in at the time, and then um, moved to St. John's from here in Lewisport in about '97 and '98. I put out a record, my first record, and that was uh, that was all all original stuff. So since that time, I've been doing mostly solo work, still some band stuff, but mostly solo work. And that's been for the last 15 years or so, 20 years, that's been pretty much the, uh, most of the stuff I'm playing as live is, is, uh, is my own, my own music. Fantastic. And the well has not run dry. So where do you get your inspiration for your music? How does it, how does it start when a song comes into your head or is it with the music first or the writing? Well, usually, I guess for me, it's always usually a title comes. You know, I come up with a title. I think if I got a good title, that's a good place to start. You know, it's a good place to to get going if you got a catchy title. So, for me, it's always a title, and the music for me and and the words usually all come at the same time. I don't write, I don't sit down and write lyrics first and music after. It kind of all comes in a flood together. Um, which is interesting. Every once in a while, you'll get one where you have a, you start writing lyrics and then a, a song will come, or a tune will come later. But usually for me, it's the uh, the phrases, phrases and the and the lyrics come with the melody, right? You know, as as it comes to you. So uh, that's the way it's been for me. As far as inspiration, I guess it's uh, you know, you're you're drawing from everything that you've experienced, and I guess when you when you get a few years on you. You know, like some of us do, we, uh, you know, it, you got more, you got a deeper well to draw from as, as you get older and uh, you've had more experience and you have different insight. So I, I think for me, as I've gotten older and, and not just from, not just from doing, you know, songwriting more, but I think just from experience too, you, you have more to, uh, more to say, more to report on. Because to me, it's, uh, you know, songwriting is kind of like being a reporter. You go ahead and report your findings. So, you know, for me, it's, it's life and watching other people, being observant, observant. Uh, you know, I've always been kind of tuned in to what's going on around me. And, uh, and I think there's always something exciting going on or something interesting going on. Um, and if you're a, an artist, if you're a painter or a writer or whatever you do is, is an art form, I think that that informs your what you do. And so if you're observing what's happening around you. Usually it comes out, you're like a sponge. Yeah. I, I You know, I think in, in many ways it's true of all forms of writing. When it when the inspiration hits, um, you can get on a, a roll and ideas can hit you in the strangest of places. It, like, as you say, you might be driving along and it might be something you see. And then that hits you as a title or a thought. So are, are you one of these people that's going around putting things down in your phone or taking pictures to remember? Because you don't always have your guitar with you. Well, I'm technologically challenged, so I don't use the phone at all. But I do. I'm still a, I'm still a pen and pencil man. So I still, I always got a, usually I got a little pad or something kicking around or, you know, there's always an envelope in the car or there's, a, you know, a napkin. You know, and one time I even came home and I, I did a gig in uh, Gander one night. And on the way home, I got inspired and I wasn't prepared for this sudden flood of inspiration. Uh, so I ended up uh, ruining our uh, Toyota Corolla, uh, you know, owner's manual with a Sharpie. And never, ever, never, ever did figure out how to, how to program the stereo, you know, the clock. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're one of the originals. Still, still a pen and pencil. Yeah. Well, there's not so many of that uh, variety around anymore. And, and I'll have to vouch for the fact because I know you had help from your son getting on here tonight. You're definitely not a techie. You're, you're pen and paper type of guy and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here talking right now. We'd be on the phone. We'd be on the phone. <laughs> Thank you, Jonah. <laughs> So, Terry, um, digging into that well, you know, what makes a really great song, in your opinion? Because you must get a sense of when you write certain songs, you know, how an audience responds to them and some of them that you probably like more than others. But what kind of things in your idea of your idea of songwriting, what, what do you think is the uh, secret? Uh, I think I think when you play the song in front of people whether it's two people or, or you know, 2,000 people, uh, is getting that emotional, you know, uh, response. Is when you know that you've struck a nerve. You know, if, you, if you're writing a song that's uh, uh, supposed to be a funny song and all the way through the song people are cracking up as you're singing the lyrics, well, you know you're on to something, you know. You know you got, you know you got something. You got a tiger by the tail and... Uh, or if you're writing a really sad song or kind of a poignant song and at the end of it, people have tears in their eyes or people are, you know, looking at you with that wondrous look like, oh, yeah, I really thought of it like that or something like that. You, you get some kind of response from people, you know, and um, I think that's when you know that you've you struck you struck something, you struck a nerve. And uh, and I guess really that's, you know, the first time that you get that response. Uh, you know, for me, it was, it was, you know, 30 odd years ago, you, you, um, that's when you first realize that, oh, you know, just, I got something on the go here. And obviously, as you get older, you, you hone the craft or the more you do it, you hone your craft. And you might still have a ways to go. But if you, if you get, if you evoke that emotion, you know that you've, you've got something going on. And uh, I think that's the easiest way to tell, you know, if, if a song is, is connecting, people let you know right away, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. So. So do do you have someone who uh, you bounce your music off before you take it, say, into a performance? Like a lot of people, when they write books, they'll have a first reader. Quite often, it's a spouse. Um, what about you? Do you have a special listener prior to your music becoming more public? Well, the first one to always hear my songs is my wife, and uh, you know she's uh, she's pretty honest, and uh, you know. Even if she doesn't say anything, like like we just talked about, you you see if you struck a nerve, you know. So she's always the first one to get to hear the songs, and uh, usually if she really likes it, it's you're on to something, and you're you've got something on your hands that you're going to be playing for a long time. And uh, so that's that's yeah, she she would be the first one for sure. And after that, it's whoever else you know, if you're out playing live, you just put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, well, she's a pretty lucky lady to get in on the ground floor with your music, I would say. Cherry, um, you're not doing as much with uh, performing these days. Um, how, how does that affect what you're doing? Because you do look for the audience response. You're using a lot uh, through Facebook. Actually, you've kind of switched your platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been kind of on a hiatus for the last five years. But uh, this whole thing, I guess they can say every cloud is a silver lining. So, uh for me, it was like, yeah, I think I'll start putting up a few songs. You know, I saw that some other people were doing it. People seemed to be enjoying it. So I said, well, why not? You know, 
And it's and and I'm not you know when I'm doing these songs uh, every week, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm basically doing one take. They're live off the floor. Nothing's mic'd up. It is what it is. You know, it'd be it'd sound much like if you were here sitting with me in the room. So uh, we're not looking for perfection. It's just quick performance, and you know, you get response. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been great. You know, and it's been good for me because it's reacquainted me with with a lot of my own songs. Uh, you know, some of the stuff I haven't played for 20 years, people are putting in requests and stuff and stuff. And uh, so, you know, you're you're getting requests for stuff that you might never have played live. Might have been an album track that you never really did a lot. So it's been interesting for me to go back and, you know, relearn some of my lyrics, uh, some of the arrangements and of the songs. And some was like, wow, I don't remember doing that, you know, or I forgot this song, you know. <laughs> That's happened several times. And, um, yeah. So it's been it's been interesting. It's been really interesting as far as playing live and what how it you know I think at this point now I know if I got something that um, you know you know if you got something at this point that you you know you can be proud of and uh, usually with me if I if I'm writing a song at this point in my life now and and it's not really doing it I just stop writing I don't continue you know why waste your time. You just uh, save your energy for when something, when a better idea or a better day of writing comes about. You might keep working on the same song, but you might have a day where you got more sleep the night before. You might feel more inclined to work creative, you know. So I just kind of put it aside. But uh, so as far as the writing, you know, my writing is the same as it would be if I was still playing live a lot, you know. Um, but one of these days I'm going to get back to it, you know. And uh, in the meanwhile, I've, I've been writing and I've. You know, I've certainly got enough to do another, at least one more record, probably two. So uh, there's kind of a there's kind of a, a catch-all of tunes back there at this point now. Fantastic. And, you know, really social media does, in your line of work, offer a real opportunity to, to get your work out to people anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's uh, the whole model for the music industry has changed. From mm -hmm. recording, you know, the recording process right on to uh, you doing your own promotion and stuff. You can do it all pretty much online now if you're technologically, you know, inclined. I'm like myself. But uh, most of these, you know, younger artists are all very computer savvy and, and uh, they're able to do it themselves, which is which is great. You know, you kind of cut out that great big, you know, uh, head at the top of the totem pole that's calling all the shots. And you can be uh, you can be your own artist right from the ground up. Right? grassroots you know and I think that's awesome I think it's great for, for people that are younger that are getting into it they can do it all themselves they can actually record at home you know if you're if you're uh, if you have the right equipment and stuff and, and you're you have enough skills technically and you can uh, promote it release it all online because that's kind of where things are going it would seem you know online releases and stuff as opposed to a physical product you know so it's uh I think it's great I think it's cool you know, Cherry, I, I think a lot of things have changed, and especially the period we're in right now, it's really thrown people onto the Internet, and we're seeing so much more come online. But I, I totally agree with you. And in, in other forms of writing as well, um, if, if someone is to write a book, they are still mainly responsible when it comes down to it for helping get the word out, sharing the book. There's not... I think if we think back at those days of people like Elvis Presley and, you know, Buddy Holly, um, it was so different back then. They were very, very managed, and there were no uh, there were no other ways to get the music out if you didn't perform live, and or do albums. So it's, I think it's been a, a good thing, as you say. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys were mismanaged, you know, most of them. Yeah, and, uh, most. 
So yeah, so I mean, at least you're in the you're in control of your own destiny, you know, at the way it is now. And uh, like you say, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. Terry, um, any unusual stories that have come about by your Facebook page? Have you reconnected with friends or uh, anyone from your past? Or have you had unusual connections from other parts of the world? Any stories to share with us? Uh, certainly there have been uh, people that I haven't been talking to for many, many years, decades in some cases, uh, that have kind of started tuning in and, and, and dropping by the soda shop. Um, one guy... Uh, I wrote a song about 10 years ago for a good friend of mine that I see all the time here and here in Lewisport. Um, it's called my best friend to me and my friend's name is Paul Daly. But there's another, there's a part of that song that's about someone else that I grew up with, uh, a good friend. Cause the song is kind of about being, you know, growing up and being kids and then kind of remaining friends your whole life. And, but there's one part in the song where I say, I haven't seen this guy for years, you know, which is actually about another guy that I grew up with. And he, uh, we, we reconnected on Facebook and uh, first time we were talking to each other in 40 years. So it's uh, it, it, that's, that's a pretty cool thing that's happened. And I think that's, you know, that's a great thing about music. Yeah, And even just the internet in general, I guess, Facebook and all that. I'm not really into it very much, but that's one of the good things about it is that you can reconnect with people. And, you know, this whole thing that we're, you know, this whole, whole uh, COVID thing and all this, all these performances that are going up online. That's really what you're trying to do. You know, you're trying to connect with people and uh, whether you realize it or not. And uh, and that's what writing is about. And any art form is really about, you know, I got this to show you or to play for you. And what do you think? You know, you get a response and that's kind of what it is. So um, this whole this whole thing, since this has been going on, the, the, the shutdown and thing, uh, that's one of the good things I think that's come from it is that people are. Um, a, they have some time on their hands. A lot of us mm -hmm. do. And, uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm doing this. I got a bit of time on my hands, you know. And uh, and but people are online a bit more, and they're uh, and they're reconnecting with people. I think that's one good thing that's coming of all this. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's nice to find the good things because um, there are plenty of things that aren't right now. Cherry, when you're mm -hmm. listening to music, what do you what do you like to listen to? What artists? I like to listen to stuff that's real. So I'm, that's why I'm prone to go back and start listening to stuff. I always return to the 50s, you know, those early uh, recording artists like Buddy Holly, like you said, and Elvis and the Everly Brothers and Chuck Berry. And all that stuff, you could tell they were just a lot of times when these guys were recording, they were, they were flying by the seat of their pants. They didn't really know how the solo was going to go until they got there. <laughs> you know, I find that that, that to me is um, when you know that the person that's, that's playing for you is in the moment. And it's one. It's going to be one take because everything recorded back then was live, and and uh, it's something you said about that. There's a realism to it, not like the over-processed stuff that we're hearing so much of. And everything, you know, and, and you know, everything got its place. But for me, I always go back to that to those times because I know what I'm hearing. You'll sometimes you'll hear mistakes and stuff, you know, in the songs, and I, I love that. I love to hear a mistake. But the, the rest of the take was so good that you just we're going to go with it because it was it was a moment. And that's like I told you, we were just talking about a few minutes ago when we were doing these and we're doing these soda shop sessions. It's just a moment. If you know, if you hit a bad note or you hit a, you you don't sing your best, eh? You know, it is what it is. It's just, at least it's real. At least you know. And I think people, I think people, uh, people gravitate towards the real. You know, they want some 
they don't really want perfection. A lot of people don't, I don't think. So uh, there it is. I think, you know, I think you're right on with that. I think the real is what we're missing in so many things these days. Everything's so packaged. And uh, one of my trips down into Memphis, I was there a few times. I finally did get to Sun Studios to check out. And it is so small. I don't know, you, pro you, you may have been there, but it's very, very small. And it was nothing... Nothing fancy when you look at the roots of rock and roll down there. And I did a tour to see where the different people that started and came out of Memphis. It was phenomenal to have lived in that time, to have been part of that growing movement that was so shocking to people at that time. Um, it must have been amazing. And so I, I can understand why you like that that era and the rawness of it. Yeah, yeah. Like to say, the realness. And like to say back then, like you just said, you're in the studio and it's so small. That's because everybody was just standing together and playing. And if the bass was too loud, you move the bass player back two feet from the microphone. That's the way it worked. That's how you turn it down. You turn it down and move it. So there's something to be said about it. One mic off and everybody's playing and that's it. We got it or we yeah. don't, you know. Yeah, well, that's kind of how we do these shows. They're very, they're very real. It either works, you, you could bounce out, you could come back in. But I think people are willing to accept that, and the material is there in front of them at the time. So you love that era. Any any of the newer singers that catch your interest at all? Any any new stuff that comes out? Well, I, I mean, I, I like pop music, you know, to a point. I'm I'm all about. I love well-crafted songs. So if it's a if it's a pop song, I'm okay with that. You know, Ed Sheeran is very, you know, really good songwriter. Oh yeah, it's one. Yeah. You know, there's uh, Pink got some songs that I don't even know if that's considered new anymore. Or, like, well, you you hit, you hit two of my favorites for sure. Yeah. So you're definitely yeah. So there's still definitely all there's all kinds of talent out there, you know, and. Uh, and uh, that's just two that come off the top of the head, you know. I don't listen to a lot of uh, current radio or anything anymore, so I don't really know what's going on too much. But, uh, but you know, uh, my son and my daughter have played music over the years, so I hear some of their stuff. There's lots of good stuff out there still, you know. Are they following in your footsteps at all as far as the music goes? Well, my daughter's a great singer. She doesn't, you know, she's not really doing it per se out there, you know, in the clubs or anything, but she's a fantastic singer. And she uh, plays a mean flute. And my son is a great trumpet player. And they, they've come up um, through the years in the school bands and stuff. So uh, they're, they're musically inclined for sure. Yeah. Terry, a lot of uh, what we were we have been seeing in the school system is the movement away from the arts and away from, from music. But you've always had a very strong music program in Lewisport, have you not? Well, certainly in recent years we have. I mean, I think they got the, the largest school band on the island. I think there's over 100 kids in one of the school bands. Uh, so they got a jazz band and just a school band. I think the school band is 100 and, 110 people or something. The biggest band in, in the, the biggest school band in Newfoundland anyway. So, uh, you know, uh, and they, they've had some great music teachers. And, um, yeah, so it's. I think that's a great thing, you know, to be able to um, go to school and that's a part of your curriculum. Uh, when I was going through school, I wasn't, I don't know if it was even a school band at that point, but uh, we had our own band, so it didn't matter. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that you, that's a part of the curriculum, and it should be. Music is uh, is a big part of life, whether you realize it or not. If it all disappeared tomorrow, you would really miss it, you know, whether you realize it or not.
No, I think we I think we would all realize that it's 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 a it's a universal language. And I listen to many, many different kinds of music. And if you don't even know the lyrics, the music is still there. You don't have to necessarily understand. It's an added enhancement if you understand the poetry and the beauty of the, the lyrics, but it's not even necessary. And just the whole sense of movement at times that can come from music, It's I believe it's an essential part of everyone's soul. And for what it's worth, I think it should be an essential part of every curriculum of every school in our province or around the world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you got up in the morning and you, you know, you lived in a place where it's elevated, there's no music, you walk through a store, there's no music, you know, you come home, you put on a movie, there's no music. Um, it, the list goes on. You, you turn, can't turn on the radio. You wouldn't be long missing it. It's a, it's a pretty big part of our day to day. You're right. It reaches our heart, and the and the retailers know that because they play music when you're in shopping. I'm sure there's some psychological connection between hearing the music and pulling out that debit card. Oh, this has been wonderful, and we've had lots of comments. I, I can see them on the side here. Um, if I was more technologically advanced, I'd pull them over onto the screen, but that'll be for when I get a little farther down the road on this format and I can do two things at one time. But just some of the names we're seeing here, people from Lewisport, just to let you know, a lot of people tuning in and they love your music. And speaking of that, we're going to encourage you to go to Terry's um, Facebook page. I'll try and bring that up here now just so you can have that there. Look, I'm a little technologically advanced. And we are going to also end this um, show with one of your songs. So if I can pull it off, I can screen share and bring it up. So Terry, I'm going to say goodbye to you right now. And thank you so much for, for sitting down with me tonight. Um, I'll just pull you, I'll share the screen and bring the song up. But before I go, everyone, um, just a quick promo for next week. We are going to be talking about Hikes of Newfoundland. This is a new book out by Boulder Press. I gotta get it in the scene here. Okay, and I'm gonna have three guests on to further challenge me. And uh, there are fantastic things in here about where you can go. And if, uh, with summer coming on and hopefully the ability to get around and get out in the fresh air, this is gonna be an amazing reference guide for everyone. So my guest next week will be Mary Smythe, Fred, Hollings Hunt and Katie Broadhurst. But now we're going to hear Buddy Holly Blues by Terry Penny. And again, Terry, thank you so much. Um, Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.